Mary's Touch, real-life stories of Mary's love. I really do feel that Mary had a role in bringing me back to the Catholic Church. He reminded me that Mary was my mom. I always fell upon if I needed a desperate prayer, I always called to Mary. I could see that Mary had a hand in this. She began to speak to my heart. Mary's Touch, real-life stories of Mary's love. Hi, I'm Sherry Lamonte. And I'm Father Jim Evans. And I'm Alexis Walkenstein. You're who? I'm Alexis Walkenstein, your replacement. Now get over it. Ah, our replacement, Father. Hmm. Well, this is a very special show for Father Jim and myself because it's time for us to say goodbye to you, our wonderful and so appreciated audience. Today's show will be bittersweet, but also very exciting because we will introduce you to the new voice of Mary's Touch. Mary's Touch will be here with Alexis Walkenstein and her guests and her storytellers. One of my favorite sayings is, the best is yet to be, and that is just what's going to happen on Mary's Touch. Jerry, I know from the very beginning of the concept of this show, you've had a vision, And that vision doesn't seem to me to have an end, but a continuation. And somehow or the other, you have brought about an audience that listens and stories that have emerged from the hearts and voices of people all over the world. People have told their stories from all of those different points. And now those points are coming to this special new beginning, and Alexis is here to lead the way and to bring more stories, bring more evidence of Mary's touch into this world. Welcome, Alexis. Thank you, Father, and thank you, Sherry. It's just a blessing to be here. You know, when something comes to an end, I'm going to be a little lost for words today, I know, which is such a surprise to you, Father. (laughs) (laughs) But when something does come to an end, it can be so happy because you know it's got a future that is going to be better than we were, Father. And that, yes. And that's going to be Alexis and who she has on the show. But it's always with the blessings of Mary, our mother. So how can we possibly go wrong? Alexis, what are your thoughts? I'm just still in a cloud of awe that this is even happening. (laughs) I feel like this is just a year. I was telling somebody the other day, like Christmas, where the gifts just keep coming forward from behind the tree. And the opportunity to fill your shoes and continue your legacy of what you've built by making Mary's name known to the world through radio and evangelization is such a gift and a blessing and a high call, you know. I know that God will bring all of those stories forward and bring all his um, Marian apostles forward to share the stories of how God is really, really present in our world today. Oh, amen. Isn't she, though? I know that our radio audience is going to be very interested in some of your faith journey. How did you come to know what you were going to do with the media Ah. as an evangelizing tool? Well, it's been quite the journey. I started my career in mainstream television, working for NBC in Boston as a as a television news journalist, and for ten years covered um, every story that you could possibly imagine, up until the era of nine eleven, and then the, the sex abuse scandal in the Catholic Church. And as a faithful Catholic covering the pontificate of John Paul II, as a daughter of John Paul II during those great years, 
And during the last, really the pinnacle of my career covering the death and funeral of St. John Paul II, I was having a an interior transformation where the Lord was showing me that he was going to shift the media call on my life. And that became manifest very quickly when I was assigned as director of communications for a Catholic bishop in the Diocese of Palm Beach. And so uh, media and communications was part of, you know, the fabric of who I was as a storyteller. But then there was a shift. You know, the Lord was saying, you know, in these days, you know, after receiving the Great Commission for so long from John Paul II to really go out into the uncomfortable places and and to, you know, be a bearer of the good news, that was really happening in my life through diocesan communications. And then later, you know, after serving him for five years, that shifted into a whole other realm of communications and media of, you know, really bringing positive media through film and publishing and and radio and all kinds of new formats like social media and the digital communications that we see now. So that's just a little bit about how God's been moving me in in these different directions. Wow. Did you grow up a Catholic, Alexis? Yes, I've been a a lifelong Catholic. I grew up uh, in Boston, Massachusetts, and my mother was Catholic. I have a Jewish last name, which might confuse some of the listeners. A a good Jewish name for a, a good Catholic girl. Uh, My dad is a Jewish convert, and so when I was 20 years old, my father was baptized into the Catholic Church and received his first Holy Communion and Confirmation, and uh, it was an amazing lifetime event to behold, and it was really through John Paul II, our family pastor, our you know, from St. Bridget's in Framingham, Massachusetts, invited my mother and I to chaperone teenagers for World Youth Day in Denver. And he needed a man to go too. So he asked my dad if he would go. And we had an incredible experience where we were brought down close to where the Holy Father was going to come. We were about 20 deep from the stage and Everybody had an amazing experience, but for my father, it was really profound, and he came back right away and took classes. So our family of faith has been quite a journey in in many facets of that and how we've traveled with you know, life in the parish. I went to an all-women's Catholic college run by the Sisters of St. Joseph, and my we have a complete praying family, which is wonderful. Wow, I guess so. One of the things I wanted to ask you in your um, media experience, which I think is absolutely wonderful that you have all of this news experience and, you know, going through it and knowing what's important and not important to the people. And uh, this, I think, is, um, well, something that's been challenged in the United States today and probably all around the world. We're not as familiar with it in other countries, but certainly here at home. And one of the things that, well, the use of a, a Catholic media, which we are, this is a um, an opportunity to to bring the message. And so many times it seems like we're put on the defense. Right. Well, isn't that true? And when I went into diocesan communications, it was really part of the impetus for me to really answer that call. I was tired of seeing the church be so much on the defense, you know, mm-hmm. seeing that in the mainstream. And there is a time, obviously, to have an apologetic and a defense of the faith. But to really, you know, in football, you have to have the offense and, yes. and the defense. And right. I, I wanted to be out in front. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted the church to have less fear of the mainstream press, but to be able to really position all of these good stories that are happening and that, you know, frame them to be relevant to the news cycle and to find ways 
ways to insert certain pinnacle moments in the church and to get the right spokespersons to have that message. So that was really kind of a desire of mine. And like you said, this is our way of communicating the Catholic faith. So it's it's like owned, you know, an owned channel. So we can really bring all those good news stories forward. So that's really exciting to me. So our offense is designed, we hope, to not be <laughs> offensive. Yes. yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or right. to be our defense. Huh? Right. Exactly. Right. And right. so we use it for evangelization. Exactly. And I, I think that's what you, Alexis, are going to truly bring to this program and, and to the world as you um, evangelize because uh, we were ordered and instructed and with love sent out to share the good news, the gospel. Yes. Amen. Yes. And who thought we'd be sitting here doing a radio show? It's it's a bit bizarre when you think about it. It is. You know, you didn't start out that way. What was your what was your major in college? Was it communication? I was a communications oh, were major. You? Okay. And I actually was a radio DJ in college, but I was oh, spinning okay. music, not, you know, not dishing chat about the faith. So Wow, how interesting. So yeah, the, it's all in the mix when you're a communications major. You kind of dabble into all the different formats. Yes. But no, I never anticipated putting on this headset and um or even doing a show with you when we worked together, you know, for oh, we, Frontline Faith. We and had, we did. I never imagined that the friendships that God brings into your life, and I think that's just part of our Catholic family stories too. You know, we're going to probably talk to a lot of people who have, you know, great discipleship out there. And, you know, you just never imagine when God puts people together that are his chosen disciples, how you will then collaborate. And I think that's the interesting thing with the Holy Spirit is that you could think one thing and then in the next minute, the Holy Spirit switches it up and you're two by two doing something else together, you know, so it's pretty cool. And to evangelize, we have had 10 years of guests that have spoken from their hearts, that have told their stories with trepidation at times, mm. who have really shared with us their most precious moments mm. and therefore with the world. And, you know, when I was growing up, you didn't evangelize. It was kind of the thing that you didn't do because there was something wrong with people who did evangelize. Mm. So we had to be very careful. And I thought, in one lifetime, look how this has changed. And and there's power in testimony. I feel like when we share our weaknesses and, and how God has overcome those weaknesses or how he's visited us and through those visitations and encounter moments of encounter, then we've been empowered. And how have we been empowered? And what did God do through us and for others? That becomes a powerful testimony. And then he does it again. When you speak forth what he does, then more can happen. Right. And it gives other people hope and courage and inspiration to to follow suit, you know. That's it. And I, I know Father and I uh, did a, a show once on a woman who was sitting in the room getting ready to have an abortion and could not go through with it. And she told her story, which, I mean, we were all in tears by the time it was over because it was so moving. But it was followed up by someone then calling in and telling us that they heard that story. And she too was on her way 
to have an abortion. And when she heard the story, she said she pulled to the side of the road. And of course, she was in tears, but she knew she could not go through with it. One of my favorite sayings is, if you just change one life, yes. just one. Yes. And and how that can happen through radio. It's amazing. And, and you don't know. You don't know who's listening. You don't know who's flipping the channel. Right. And we have to just respond to what God's asking of us, which right. is to share right. and to share our faith. And um, amazing how you, for 10 years, you and Father have brought forward these stories and people who are living a Catholic faith and living in days that challenge the Catholic faith and challenge a Christian witness in these times. Right. right. And so to hear people how they are heroically living out their personal call according to their vocation sure. gives other people that encouragement. Well, and uh, Father, would you say we've witnessed more than one miracle? <laughs> well, I... <laughs> Well, we sometimes have gotten into what is a, a miracle, the definition of it. And Alexis, we look forward to your further explaining that to the world because, you know, what's a miracle to somebody else is just a set of unexplained circumstances. You know, and we hear all of those different reasons. And uh, Sherry and I have probably um, sometimes sat back and uh, in marveling at my goodness, where did that come from? You know, how did we get a response like that? But for the most part, the miraculous is that people's hearts and eyes are open. Right. And right. with that, we, we see what Jesus meant. Let those who have eyes see. Let those who have ears hear. And indeed, we know that the people have the ability. We know that God has given each and every person a wonderful gift of life and the gift of discernment, the gift of choosing, the free choice, all of those things have given us responsibility. And sometimes the people are just looking for the opportunity to express themselves, to be a tool. They want to be an arrow in the quiver of God, you know. And so uh, it's going to be, uh, well, your marvelous job here and Mary's touch to uh, load that bow and shoot that arrow and let it pierce the hearts of those who need it and who Amen. want it and are longing for it. And the grace of God will open the doors for you. Amen. Thank you. I, I just look to, I have my media hero saints, you know, Fulton Sheen. We we were oh, yes. having dinner last night at Sherry's house and talking all about Venerable Fulton Sheen and Pope John Paul II. And I think about Mother Angelica and some of these contemporary saints who really had the ability to communicate the gospel in unique ways and to call people to a life in Christ, to call people back if they've been away, and um, and just to encourage those who are on, on the right track, but to really bring the fire of the Holy Spirit through these communication channels. And and I guess God's still doing radio. <laughs> you know, here we are. So Absolutely. God's still using radio. People are in the car. People are listening on their podcasts. Sure. And it's still a way where people can hear and um, and receive, you know, God's love. Well, you know what? It's I, I still remember we have to take a break. <laughs> ah. So let's do that now. And um, we do want to come back and uh, talk more to Alexis. I think we should bring up the power of prayer because Mary's Touch also has a great great prayer request line, so to speak, and how that has been such a part of our ministry. So stay with us for that. But we're going to take a quick break because Doug Olmixon, who is with the Knights of Columbus and the Texas State Deputy, is going to stay with Mary's Touch and, and still do his Faith and Freedom Minute, which is so wonderful.
wonderful. So let's listen to Doug as he tells us about freedom in religion, uh, freedom in the Catholic faith. And stay with us. We'll be right back. The construction of our constitutional settlement, this great experiment, as our first president called it, was in substantial part due to the religious ideas of the founding generation, the very foundation of our nation's notion of equality, and in turn, the foundation of our various laws against discrimination, is the radical religious truth claim that all men are created equal and are endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights. These profound insights are contained in a recent letter from over a dozen faith leaders responding to the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights report, which distorts this history. As Catholics and as Knights of Columbus, we will never tire of reminding our government that faith is inextricably entwined in the very fabric of our republic's founding principles. Will you join us? Welcome back. You're listening to Father Jim and and my last show, but you are learning more about your new shepherd, Alexis Walkenstein. She is going to be our new host with the most, hostess with the mostess um, here at Mary's Touch. Not only a beautiful woman outside, inside, a beautiful heart. If you were listening to the first part of our show, Uh, She told us about her history growing up Catholic and her father's conversion and what that meant to their family and her background in media. So everyone's in for a very special, (laughs) special treat. Welcome back, too, to Alexis. And here we are with Father Jim. And I think before we took our quick break, we mentioned talking about prayer, prayer life, uh, I think one of the most amazing and beautiful things about the Mary's Touch ministry is we have always had a prayer request line through an application on our website. And the prayer requests that we have gotten over the last 10 years are some of the most endearing asks for prayer that I've ever heard, I've ever read. And our, we call them our prayer warriors. We send this out once a week. And we have hundreds, hundreds of people praying for not only the Mary's Touch Ministry, but then for your prayer request. And the answers to those prayer requests, of course, sometimes we don't hear anything, but other times we have letters of thanksgiving that come in thanking us for our prayers. And Father Jim, I know you know about this, and I thought you have just been the anchor of Mary's Touch all these years and always prayed for Mary's Touch and for our people that ask for our prayers. And how has this affected you? You know, uh, prayer is one of those things, Sherry, that um, I don't think there are any answers for it. I've read so many books on how to pray, what prayer is about, answers to prayer. And the one thing that always uh, comes to mind whenever I think about it is, is that uh, how do we anticipate answers to prayers? And we know good and well that we can't get outside of our human element whenever we are putting our words and thoughts uh, 
to our God. And when we do that, um, sometimes we have to say, you know, this is not a mail-order catalog. This is a prayer. This is a conversation. And within this conversation, we express our hopes, our desires. We say our needs, even though we know God knows our needs, we feel compelled to reveal them to God as though it's a first for him, that he didn't know we needed all these things. Of course he knows. But Whenever we come to that realization of what it is that we need, then are we not somehow empowered to start doing something about it? And then we reach out and we can then say, I see the hand of God in so many things. May I reach out and touch the hand of God? Can I put myself in God's hands? And when I do that, am I willing and able to accept whatever the answer is? Because sometimes, let's face it, the answers are not the ones that we had in mind. And sometimes we shout that up. God, this is not the answer I wanted. Now, let's start this prayer again, Lord. And you know, <laughs> it, it doesn't work that way, though. And as a priest, uh, one of the hardest things that any priest does is hold someone as they're dying. And we have been praying for their healing. And we know that that healing is taking place by welcoming them into the heavenly banquet and bringing them home through what we call death into life. And we have um, beautiful hymns uh, that take us there, you know, like on eagle's wings and things like that. And and as we we go through that, we try to express ourselves. So how does it affect us? Boy, now there's a question, Sherry. And I don't know. Let's ask Alexis her thoughts on prayer, if you don't mind. I mean, you know, you you don't have to write the encyclopedia, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have an encyclopedia, but but I I was, you know, really raised um, my mom who— really was the the one in the house. And my father, too, you know, he was a man of prayer, even though he wasn't Catholic until later. But we always prayed as a family. And um, probably in my teenage years, I started to develop really a personal relationship with Jesus Christ in a very personal way where I began to deliberately get on my knees every day and make my offering on my knees and to have true, unfiltered dialogue with our Lord outside of the, f- the formed prayers that we pray, the Our Father, the Hail Mary, and all the devotions. The rosary was always really a strong influence in my life. But, you know, really knowing that you can go to God, His Son, and to be communicating with Him was really when He started to manifest to me, when I just became my little self before Him is really my first kind of acquaintance with prayer and how my prayer life developed. And of course, you know, as you grow, for me, Eucharistic adoration also was something that I really discovered as a teenager. And to sit before the living presence of God, body, blood, soul, and divinity, and to to know through and through that you are face-to-face with God was really the place for me to just incubate with him and to just let him do in me what he wants to do in me. You know, in your prayers when you're younger become, Lord, I need this, I need that, I need that. And then when you grow, it's, Lord, I surrender this, I surrender that, I give you this. And um, it becomes an exchange, you know, of wills. 
and then you go through those struggles, you know, even even in your spiritual so-called maturity. Sure. You can have the moments where you're a child again and, and then you're an adult again. But right. prayer is many things and, you know, constant. Yes. So I love this prayer component of Mary's Touch. I am coming deeper into the knowledge of that, having been brought into the Mary's Touch family here in Austin, Texas. And I am blown away by the people who really have made this their apostolate an apostolate of prayer, because we're the body of Christ. We're all connected. If one is suffering, we are all suffering. And to share in the collaboration with God's Spirit, in the collaboration with grace, to really go to the mat in prayer for others and what they need. And I believe in miracles. I, It's just so interesting in, in this contemporary world where we have so much online and social media and um, people reaching out, hungry people, some people who are not church, but hungry people who need God to come through for them, whether it's for physical sickness or financial or brokenheartedness or depression, whatever it is. But there's a need for people who want to meet and see and know God, that he's responding to them. And so to have this ministry as part of Mary's Touch to me is profound. And I think God will continue to work through what you have developed and how the Holy Spirit has worked through you to create this community of prayer. Well, for those of you out there who are not Catholic but are listening to this, we want you to know that that was an altar call. (laughs) There you go. I love it. That's marystouch.org where you can put in your prayer request, too. I've got to put that in there. And and it's starting to be that time where we're going to have to close the show. And I do it with such joy, even though it's it's the last time, because you were an answer, Alexis, to our prayers. Because when we knew it was time, there's a time for everything, but this was our time to, to do other things. We prayed for you. We prayed that God would send us just the right person, that Mother Mary would just hold whoever it was and let them hear in their heart what we were asking. And Alexis Walkenstein is is going to be and is now your new hostess for the Mary's Touch show. We have just a few minutes, and I thought I must thank all the people from the very beginning. This wasn't one or two people. This was a mass of people. I have to particularly thank Sheila Setter and our producer, Joel, and um, all the people who helped keep Mary's Touch alive for the last 10 years from the bottom of my heart. After having my three children, this has been the blessing of my life. And I have to thank each and every one of you for listening, for being our sponsors, for being there for us. I am humbled and honored. And just thank you to everyone. Father Jim. Sherry, this is one of those times that before we went on the air today, somehow or the other, that old World War II song of coming in on a wing and a prayer (laughs) came into my head. And uh, for those of you who are probably not familiar with it, look it up. The other thing about wing and a prayer is, Alexis, we hereby pin the wings of Mary's touch on you And may those wings carry you because they go with a prayer. And so, Sherry, I think we can say from the inspiration that brought this program into existence and all of the strength that has come into your life to keep it on the air over these years and given you the strength to go on when we didn't know if there was enough money in the coffers to make it one more show. But somehow it always came through because the love of God was there. And so off you go, Alexis, on a wing and a prayer. Our prayers are with you. Thank you so much. And may God 
bless you, and may God bless all of our listening audience, wherever they may be. And as we continue all through this life and into the next, may Mary's touch truly touch you, and may she introduce you to her Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. This program is produced by Mary's Touch, a nonprofit corporation dedicated to bringing you the love of Mary and her son, Jesus. If you have questions, comments, or a story to share, write to us at Mary's Touch, P.O. Box 341991, Austin, Texas, 78734, or email radio at marystouch.org. For more stories or to find out more about Mary, visit our website at marystouch.org.